This is The Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from... Where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. He's a Grammy-nominated producer and a Grammy-winning songwriter. He's a highly sought-after session player, so much so that Bob Seger has him playing in his Silver Bullet Band. If Jimmy Buffett would have written a country song, it would have been the one Moose wrote. It's five o'clock somewhere. He produced Jamie Johnson's monster albums, That Lonesome Song and The Guitar Song. And he's a Arkansas Entertainer Hall of Famer. And I was raised in Arkansas, so I like him already. Even if he is friends with Chris Wallen over here. It's Jim Moose Brown. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, my friend. Moose. You ever say something? I said, Bruddy. You ever say, hey, you ever mix two words together like that? Never, never. Like you, you're going to say buddy, but maybe bro. Never happened to me. Perfection. That's you what never, I'm all about. I, I, this is what you said. You didn't say you were perfect. I said, how you doing? He said, perfect. I said, okay. Okay, well. Okay, buddy. <laughs> you know, we start every show with a fast five. We ask you five quick questions, okay. and we ask for five quick answers, but sometimes we don't get that. Yeah. It's whatever you feel like. You're perfect. So, Chris, can yeah. you stop scooting around stuff over there? Yeah. You want to file your nails? <laughs> Maybe. Gatorade, the color yellow. Uh, well, wait, what are the I'll wait for the No, questions. no. You get your answers first. Get your answers ahead of time. We'll see how close you get. Gatorade, the color yellow. Yeah. Uh, Wilson Pickett. Wilson Pickett. Uh, baritone guitar. Baritone. Bicycle. Bicycle. Of course. Okay. The first one is favorite movie. Gatorade. <laughs> Man, I've never saw that. Yeah. Oh, it was a good one. It is. It was, 78. Yeah. It was very sensual. It was It was a little racy for the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Gatorade movie. <laughs> Favorite movie? Favorite movie? He's like, Gatorade, I told you, I'm perfect. <laughs> Maybe True Grit. The, the new one or the old one? The old one, yeah. Man, I love one. the new one. I like the new one, too. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I, I like Westerns. I'm not big on the old westerns, but the new ones I love. Some of the old westerns are a little cheesy. Yeah, no they're doubt. hard for me. They're they're boring to me. Yeah, but people love them. My dad always loved them. Uh, John Wayne and whatnot. Did you like John Wayne? Yeah, I was. I, mean, I was a Clint Eastwood. Well, Clint guy, Eastwood. Man. That's more modern western. Yeah. I like Clint Eastwood. Well, Clint Eastwood. I meant the older Clint. I mean, like Good, Bad, and Ugly, Fistful of Dollars. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying that's not back in John right, Wayne. That's true. Those, yeah, those to me are a little bit. Pretty cheesy, yeah. You know? Oh, they oh, are really, yeah. yeah, like comedies almost. Yeah, you, know? you didn't like Good, Bad, and Ugly. It just, you know, there you go. Yeah, it, it was. It's comical at times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the eyeballs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did a. I actually did a one of my first short films I ever wrote and made. It was called Burger. Right, and it was about these two guys at a at a family reunion trying to get the last cheeseburger, <laughs> and they go through days like it's it's a it's a, a week long family reunion, and on the last day they actually go through training to try to figure out how to win that last cheeseburger, <laughs> and on the last day that's exactly what happens. It's a showdown, so like I see I see the kid, the kid sees me, and it's like it goes into like the old western style, and it goes, <laughs> and we cut it on the eyes and the mouth, and I go. Say when. <laughs> Say when. <laughs> From my favorite movie, Tombstone. Yeah. Boy, that is a great movie. Yes, I've it is. I've watched it a bunch of times. Yep. Yeah. So, Gatorade. And the next one is actor that would play you in a movie about you, Yellow. Yellow. What yeah. a great actor. Oh, he's <laughs> tops in his field. Oh, man. He really is. He's yeah. perfect like you. He's so really bright. He's yeah. bright. Yeah. <laughs> actor. Who? Before you say, let's let's pick an actor that would play him. Who do you think? Me or Chris? no no Chris yeah who do you who do you see playing Tom uh, Rob not Tom Jim mm. Rob Robert Redford Robert Redford. a younger Robert Redford Robert Redford why yeah. does he got to be younger <laughs> that's <laughs> a very good point I can't remember I mean <laughs> he's like a younger Brad Pitt that's that's all I'll go with <laughs> I see a I could see a Robert Redford or a Rob Lowe or a hmm. A uh, 
I could see a uh, that was Rob Schneider. Humor. Rob yeah. Schneider, a taller Rob Schneider. Yeah, yeah. Well, they could cheat it. They could, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just cheat it. Um, Cadillac or Lincoln? Cadillac. See, you get to stay. Yeah. <laughs> you, thank, thank God. This would have been an awkward interview with just me and Chris. You know what? Know. My first car was a '74 Lincoln, though. It was, and it was yellow, banana wow. yellow. You know what's weird is I'm a Cadillac a man. In it. it was yellow. Did you drink Gatorade in it? Not that I recall, but I did drink other stuff. But uh, <laughs> it, it it had a 460 engine in it, and when you would floor that thing, you could watch the gas gauge and the fuel gauge. Yeah, uh, the fuel <laughs> gauge and the speedometer go yeah. at the same time. It got about eight miles to the gallon. Those were the days. Those were the Man. days. My old yellow car. What's funny about it is. I love Cadillacs. I'm a Cadillac man, but my one of my favorite cars, one of my dream cars, is a 63 Lincoln Continental. They were cool. Yeah, Convertible cool with era. the suicide doors. Oh, man, yeah. So it's weird. I'm weird, like a dried worm on the sidewalk. That's true. You know what I'm saying? That is weird. Inside joke nobody's going to know about but us. But <laughs> you and me got it. Yeah. You get it? Not really, but go <laughs> ahead. I figured you still wouldn't get it. <laughs> Cats, dogs, or other? Dogs. Dogs, good choice. Hot dog or cheeseburger? Well, cheeseburger with no cheese. Oh, so just a burger. You don't just like a, cheese. Not not on my burger. I like cheese. Not on a burger. Yeah. That's strange. I never met somebody that like a cheese that, on a burger. Man. I'm just laying it out we're, there. We're learning stuff, man. Yeah. Just like stuff. Just you, like Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't it? How many facials do you do a day? Uh, none. I just, this is all natural. Is it? Wow. You woke up like that. I Man. woke up just like this. Son of a gun. Really? Like about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wind on his motorcycle and, and waking up. That's yeah. how he comes in. Moose on a hog. That pretty. Yeah. Moose on a hog. Golly, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, now to the, that's the fast five. So we'll get into the, <clears throat> the meat of the thing. Now <clears throat> I got a ranch dressing in my back of my throat. Mm. You ever have that happen? Never. <laughs> you swallow all ears, don't you? Anyway. <laughs> Y'all need a minute? That's I mean, we do. Yeah, can you give I us thought, a minute? I thought we wouldn't talk about that. We, I'm not. <laughs> what do you enjoy doing the most in music? Because you've done everything. You've done, you're a producer, you're a writer, you're a player. I think... Uh, sessions as a session player so, uh and actually by far it's it's the most spontaneous interaction musically that uh, to me of, of all of it you know songwriting is very tedious producing is very tedious long hours and when i get hired to play on a project we go in and cut several songs in three hours and then i leave and i don't hear it till it comes out again so i don't have any extra work i just get to play like a kid and interact with other musicians and then go on and it's it's really cool don't care to ever hear it if you're no. a session player. Well, not, no. You got your money. I heard it that one time. That's enough That's for me. all you need. <laughs> I mean, you know you was perfect. That's all around it. I know. That's right. <laughs> you went in there and played yellow and left. Yeah. No, you know, it's uh, you're, you're on the edge of your seat, and you're called upon to be responsive to not only uh, a song that you've never heard before or just heard for the first time, and you're handed a number chart, and so uh, you're interacting with other musicians, and, um, you know, like we'll be listening for, and if I hear, if I, maybe I'm about to play some fills, I wait for the vocal phrase to stop and I'm about to step out and play some fills. Then I hear the guitar player step out. So I back and it's constant interaction. Right. And I just love that, you know? Well, you're, you're one of the best too, man. I, you probably, uh, Moose has probably played, I, I bet you've played on probably, I mean, I, I over the years, I, got over a thousand songs you i'd say you probably played 200 songs of mine at least yeah we go way back yeah i mean and uh and y'all need a moment maybe maybe <laughs> but uh give us seven minutes okay <laughs> don't take long don't take long y'all got a, it's a lot different but, uh, than we used to be <laughs> but you know but uh, he, moose is one of those guys that it's just it's always tasteful like there's uh-huh. nothing you never come out of there going uh Maybe, uh, you know. Well, that's the goal, you know. Maybe don't always achieve it, but that's the goal. But, uh, you know, as a session player, we're throwing a lot of different styles of music. Uh, uh, nowadays, even the country stuff is more rock feeling. Right. But uh, I grew up and started out doing sessions on really traditional country stuff and maybe 
some George Strait Texas swing and, and rock stuff and, and and I just love that, you know. And and on a demo session like for somebody like Chris, we might have all of those styles in one three hour session. We might have a yeah. George Strait pitch and a Cheryl Crow pitch and a you know, uh, something that needs to feel like the Rolling Stones, and and, it, and I just love that. It's happened more than once too that that like the person who played on uh, this happened to me, and it might have been you. I can't remember. Uh, there's been a couple of times where the the player, one of the players that played on the uh, demo, plays on the record that got cut. Mm-hmm. I remember playing on one of your demos. Was it? I'm trying. No. Uh, there was one of them like well, that. Well, I remember playing on one of your demos with uh, – there's a couple other buddies of mine who were doing sessions at that time. It was a song called Famous People oh, that ended up on a Brad Paisley Brad record. Paisley. And yep. the drummer, Randy Hardison, uh, after your demo, he passed away. And yeah. Brad called me and he said, hey, man, I'm just going to use that demo because I would do it in the same key and I love that song. That way you – and Tiny, we called him Tiny, and the bass player, Kevin Grant, we called him Swine. You and Tiny and Swine can play together one more time. And I thought yeah. that was so cool, and that was on a, a, a song that you wrote. You know, uh, that same song is uh, is weird because when I sang the demo to that song, um, I, I had this jacket, this really rough leather jacket that I had, and I, I sang the demo, and... I, for some reason, I guess I, I I lost this jacket somewhere, you know, and 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 I didn't even remember that I had it on that demo. So I went to sing another song two years later, and a guy was like, uh, the, one of the uh, the engineers said, "Do you did you lose a jacket?" I'm like a jacket. What is he talking about? Our, you know, my mind wasn't even on that. And he goes, "It's real rough." I said, "I used to have a jacket," and he goes, "It's still." He goes, "It's been in my closet for two years." I've had a jacket before as well. <laughs> he goes, "He says it's been in my closet for two years," and I was wow. like, "Oh my gosh, that was I was seeing famous people last time I was here." Wow. So yeah, so I guess like I got a new jacket. He, he brought, <laughs> and that yeah. was that was where. Uh, that was it's in Barry Hill. I'm trying to remember. It, it's it was wherever, at a studio. Uh, it, it, yeah, oh, County yeah. Q, maybe. You think? It may have been. It was wherever uh, Chris Dubois used to do all his at. Uh, uh, but oh, you know what? I, I wonder if it was Randy Scruggs' studio. I think it was. Yeah, it I think it uh, was. Yeah, I think we did a lot of demos there. Through yeah, the but anyway, so so it's like I got a new jacket because <laughs> I left it there in his closet for two years. That's a testament to your poor choice in outerwear. Probably. It is. It really <laughs> is. Laid around for two years. Nobody wanted. It. Nobody really wanted. It. They're like somebody had to care for this jacket because no one else would wear it. I can't know? believe they even kept it. I can't either. What kind of jacket was it? It was like a real rough leather. It's real heavy. I never wear it because huh. it's so heavy. You still have it? I do. Should have brought it. I should have. She's gonna yeah. tell that story. We'd like to see it. Yeah. Go get it. Go get it. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Show will be over, thank God, before he gets back. <laughs> yeah. I'm not falling for that again, Marty. <laughs> You're not sending me out for snacks again. <laughs> yeah, not again. When did you start music? Like, as a boy, you just started the fascination? Did your parents get you into it? or? Yeah, it's kind of weird. My, my parents uh, aren't musical, weren't musical at all, and really nobody in my immediate family was. Uh, but at a very young age, I started pecking around on the piano and and uh, like three years old, I could play melodies that I heard, you know. And uh, so when I was about eight, I, that had progressed. I was playing stuff that I could hear on the radio. I was, you know, finding the melodies and stuff. So my mom tried to make me take piano lessons, and I, it was just awful. I hated it. It was like homework. And uh, so I would go to these piano lessons. I only went for about a month. But um, this piano teacher, I would get her to play it, and then I could just play it right back. Yeah. And she thought she thought I was actually reading really well, and then she went, wait a minute, play that again. And I played it, and I played one r- note wrong, and she went, you're not reading that. You're just memorizing it, aren't you? And I said, yeah. So she told my mom, she said, I don't think there's any point in him taking lessons. You know, he's he's it's like feels like work to him, and it did. And so I don't read a note, never did learn to read music. Yeah. So you – did you ever get into like classical piano and stuff like that, or just the love it? But I uh, no, I, because uh, because I don't read, I don't 
I never really pursued that, you know. But you don't just play piano. You play guitar. And what all instruments do you play? Oh, a little bit of everything. I play some drums and bass and banjo and mandolin and master of none. <laughs> Come on now. No, I mean, I I, I, uh, I actually... Uh, I you ain't playing with Bob Seger and the Silver Bullets if you ain't a master at something. <laughs> <laughs> well, he loves my guitar playing. See? But but uh, but I also play a little bit, played some piano too with him, but... Uh, I, it's not that I'm a master. It's uh, I would I went the extra mile to learn it exactly the way he wanted to hear it, and that's that's why I kept the job. And I'm not being humble. That's the honest goodness truth. There are ten thousand guitar players that deserve that gig before me, but being a rock and roll player usually means you bring in a whole bunch of attitude, which is cool, you know. And uh, you know Bob would would tell a guitar player, "Hey, I want to hear you play it like this. That's the way I played it on the record." And they go, "Yeah, I got it." And then they do their own thing because that's the rock and roll way. And he would show me something, and I would make it my job to play what he wanted to hear. And that's why he kept me around, you know. And you still play with him today? Well, he actually we did our he he did his farewell tour that ended in November. So as far as I know, he's done. Yeah. Bob Seger, no yeah. more. No more, yeah. Son of a gun. I talked to him. I think he would like to record again at some point. I think when this virus stuff gets all cleared right, up. Right, right. We probably would have went back out and done like Europe or Australia because there was a lot of offers on the table, but I think this virus has just got everything shut down, you know. Oh, so, man, yeah. yeah. Is he a cool fella? He's the sweetest. I'll tell you, the first time I met him, this is one of my favorite stories, Um uh, I had gotten recommended for that gig in 2006. Uh, since the 90s, he's recorded here in Nashville. He loves Nashville session. He likes the whole process here and um, how versatile the players are. And he, he cut a record in 2006 called Face the Promise. And I didn't play on that record, but some of my buddies did. And uh, Brent Rowan, who was guitar player, legendary session player here in Nashville, uh, Bob was saying, man, I'm thinking about doing my first tour and that I've done in 10 years and I want somebody who can play some keyboards, maybe a little guitar, sing a little. And thank goodness Brent Rowan mentioned my name. And so one night the phone rang out of the blue about 10 o'clock at night. And I answered and he said, is this Moose? And I said, yeah, he said, this is Bob Seger. And I went, <laughs> right. Cause I, I was not expecting the call and sure enough, it was Bob. And we talked for about 40 minutes, man. He just wanted to know about my family, what I've been doing and it just so happens that I am from Detroit. I was born in Detroit, and he is a uh, Michigander through and through. And when he found that out, he goes, oh, you have to come up here. So they flew me up to Detroit, had a, had a limo waiting for me, and we were rehearsing at his cabin in Clarkston, which is about 45 minutes north of the airport. And so when we pulled up to the cabin, I saw this older gentleman carrying a bass amp up the stairs. And I thought, man, that looks like Seeger. And it was. Uh, the bass player was having back trouble, and Bob was carrying his amp up the stairs. <laughs> wow. the Son of a gun. Floor. Yeah, so there's Bob Seeger in a nutshell right there. Man. That's, yep. that's awesome. So when you when you first actually met him in person, you didn't he didn't you didn't talk to him while he was carrying the bass amp. No, and I didn't offer to carry it either. But right. Uh, <laughs> well, I knew that. Perfect guys don't do that. <laughs> no. no, by the time I got there, he did already. I didn't actually probably didn't even realize it was him till he got it up there. But right. But he has this like garage that upstairs is a rehearsal facility, and it was like stepping back in time. And I walked up there, and there's the Silver Bullet Band, and I'm thinking, what, what have I walked? I mean, so I'm a hillbilly piano player. At that time, I literally had not picked up an electric guitar in 12 years because I used to play it. Uh, in my road gigs, country road gigs, I used to be the the guitar player, but I had gotten off the road in 94 just to do sessions. And so I, I had sold all my guitar stuff. I didn't even have any guitar stuff. And when we were, were rehearsing, it was the first tour that he'd done in 10 years. So he, he was really rusty. His hands were wouldn't move the way he wanted them to. And he just kept saying, Moose, you play guitar on this. Moose, you play guitar on this. And so I ended up playing guitar on most of the show. You know? I thought Seeger played the piano. He does play piano, but a lot of those old records, uh, he that's him playing acoustic or electric guitar. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I thought he like, played piano. Uh, uh, I don't know that he ever played piano on any of his records. Uh, cause but on stage, he... On, yeah, on stage. He plays on a couple songs. Uh, he, he played on Turn the Page and uh, We've Got Tonight. And then other than that, it was either me or Craig Frost, who's been with him forever. What's your favorite Bob Seger song? Man, possibly. 
Oh, it's so tough. Night moves. I, I just think, and against the wind are just, just art, you know. Um, my favorite probably track is uh, Love to Watch Her Strut. I just love the, oh, yeah. the, the track on that. And, he, and Bob actually played guitar on that on that. I don't track. think I ever heard that one. Oh, love to Watch a Strut. Yeah, it's just pure yeah. rock. You know? Oh, yeah. It's a rock track. I still haven't heard it, Chris. <laughs> no, I know. Sing a little more. <laughs> yeah. Give us three minutes. Man, it's me. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's been years <laughs> since has I been. sang something. <laughs> I hadn't picked up the vocal. <laughs> love to watch you. <laughs> Man, Come for right somebody who hadn't heard it, that's that sounded exactly. Like I was that. just mimicking him. <laughs> is, like, is that that's what it is? Yeah, that's all it is. That's, that's, that's all he does that's, the whole time. The whole time, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can see why Jim would like that. <laughs> My favorite Bob Seger is. Uh, Definitely turn the page. Yeah. For sure. I know that's probably a lot of people's, but I I really like that song. Um, what about you? Uh Does it love to watch you <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know. It, it might be turn the page. I, I used I used to do a bunch of them, but uh Turn the page but, to what, me what, is the closest to you a know what? I take that tight back. country lyric. I take that back. Down on Main Street. Yeah, Main Street. That's I love Main Street, man. That's a good one. I like that. One. Like a Rock's good too. It was overplayed because of the commercial, but yeah, it was always a good song before that. Even before that commercial, I Absolutely. liked that song. Yeah, but after the commercial, I liked it more because we were Chevy people. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So Like a Rock was right. You, you know, he he was approached to do that. Uh, Chevy was really struggling financially at that time, and uh, he he's not one to to do that kind of stuff. And they said, you would really be helping us. You would, you would help our company if we could ha find a big, you know, if we could use this as the jingle and he, and in his own way, that was his way of helping GM. And it really did. Their sales went through the roof when that wow. jingle came out. Well, he might've helped them, but he got oh, paid. Oh, he got paid very, yeah. very, very, <laughs> yeah. very, very well. It's very lucrative, but, but I'm sure he didn't he, go, Hey, you know, yeah, I just want to see Chevy exist but, but honestly <laughs> that's not why he right that's not why he makes his music and, right. and no. he was very yeah. reluctant to do that well yeah. he didn't need the money i'm sure he did not need the money either. Yeah. still don't probably you know, i, I wouldn't imagine okay you think i think he's all right. call him right now and ask him is he all right <laughs> <laughs> ask him if he need he'd probably take the call <laughs> <laughs> who were your role models growing up when you started playing the piano like who did you actually start learning melodies from Besides oh, your piano teacher. Man. Well, just the radio, you know, uh, in the 60s, it would have been a lot because I grew up in Detroit. I lived in Detroit till I was 14, so probably some Motown. Uh, I was a big Elton John fan. Um, Not anymore? Uh, no, actually I am. I, you I still like him? Uh, yeah, oh, I yeah. do. I think he's, uh, that's some great music. Uh, and, uh, of course, I, I was really into Seeger, James Taylor, uh, kind of a wide variety. Hmm. Any uh, hip-hop? Not so much. Not so much. No, no. Not really caught on. Yeah. <laughs> Never really got into the hip hop. No. Like Chris. No. It, yeah. Probably not even in my top five. Really? Yeah. Of all genres. Of all genres. Yeah. You know, we've we've yet to get a guy in here that said they like hip hop. I'm about to get yeah, a. I'm you did, to get you a, didn't do any of my my hip hop demos that I did uh, under under the acronym C Dub. I consider that hip hop. That's a totally hip -hop. different. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally I get it. I get it. I should have said that. He's like hip hop now is my number one favorite oh, music of yeah. all time. Love your stuff. Man. Oh yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Your stuff's great. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> Cowboy Troy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So the you you say you grew up listening to those bands, not country, right? No, I wasn't even really exposed to country at all until my parents were from Arkansas. And when I was 14, my they they thought it was time to get out of Detroit. There was some strange stuff going on there. Of course, there was race riots that we had to get, get through and, and that kind of stuff. But also, um, there was a serial child killer right in our area. Wow. Oh gosh, they called really? him the Oakland County Child Killer, and he was never caught. Really? Yeah. And the the, the killings Man. just stopped. But, but it was all kids that lived within a, just a few miles that's and, horrible. Yeah, wow. it was. It was really horrible. And, and those, 
and and uh, they were starting busing and that kind of stuff in the schools. And my parents said, you know, it's t- maybe it's time we get out of here and move down south. So we moved to northeast Arkansas, where they were from when I was 14. And that was my first, and country music was very prevalent. What part? Jonesboro. Jonesboro? Yeah, where are you from? Blyville. Oh, my gosh. I played in Blyville. I had to play in Blyville <laughs> because uh, Jonesboro was a dry county, so I had to, they had clubs in Blyville. That's where I That's where I grew up playing music in the that's, clubs. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was born in Memphis and then raised in Blyville, Arkansas. Yeah. And my family's still in Blyville, Arkansas. I played every Friday and Saturday night in Blyville all through high school probably. Where did you play? Ah, well, there was a there was a hopping club at the Holiday Inn. Uh, yeah, and uh, still a club there. The uh, the Elks Lodge. Uh, that was on eighteen, I think, wasn't it? Boy, that's we're going back a long time ago, so I don't really know. But, and you know what? When I first started playing, I wasn't old enough to play in clubs. My mom would actually drive me over there, fifty five miles. Uh, I, she would sit there while I played from nine to one in the morning and then help me pack my stuff up and we'd go back home and get me up to go to school the next day. So, wow. How yeah. much you get paid for those? Uh, probably 50, 50 to a hundred bucks a night. So it's not changed for live musicians too much. It really has. That's a shame, <laughs> ain't it? Yeah, yeah it I really know. Is. Yeah, Cause that was in, that was when that would have been in the late seventies. Yeah. In the late seventies, you were a child. Yeah, playing for getting a hundred bucks. You thought yeah. you were rich, probably. Oh man, man, I was. I mean, it was a good. I've made some pretty good money for back then, yeah. enough to buy some gear and, right, you know, set some money back and mm. pizza money. That is so bizarre <laughs> that he played in Blyville. Yeah, all the time. My hometown. Yep. Yeah. You ever you ever play at the Drift Inn over there? It's a rough place. Uh, you know what. I don't know that I played there. I may have. I don't remember. But there was a place that was really rough. And actually, there was a stabbing one night that happened that's the while, place. while I was on stage. I think that's the place. That may have been. <laughs> it the, sounds I don't remember like the it. name of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. somebody got stabbed. They're out there dancing. Next thing you know, they're spinning on the ground in circles because somebody stabbed them. So. You know what's yeah. weird about that? What? Back in my hometown, there's a, there's a place that also had a stabbing. When I was on stage, and you know what the name of it was? Silver Bullet. Really? The Silver Bullet Bar. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's weird. We said that. It automatically goes That's strange. Like, oh, that is, that is kind of weird. That's mm. kind of freaky. Yeah. Yeah, they, they closed it. They ended up closing it, it down. Hmm. That's weird, though, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I didn't get chills or nothing, but it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was odd. Yeah. It, takes I mean, a, it, was, it was more odd than weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Strange. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't strange. say strange. I'd say more odd. More odd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took your buddy's side on that one, Jim. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Yeah. He, Thank he you. I appreciate he got it. you back. Yeah. I appreciate it. He got it, you man. back. You have an alter ego. Gilbert. Gilbert what? Donovan. Gilbert Donovan. And uh, <laughs> it's really more... Uh, it's something I, I used to do on sessions just to make people laugh. And uh, I started working for this record producer named Buddy Cannon, and evidently he thought it was so funny. So I think that's the only reason he hires me, so he can... Because <laughs> all, all the video that, that you've seen, if you've seen any, is all from Buddy Cannon. He'll get me over to the side on uh, in between takes on a session. He'll go. He'll give me a song, and he'll go, Go! I don't really know it, buddy. Go. <laughs> and uh, so I and love he, buddy. Posts all, he posts all that stuff. Oh, he's like a kid. Oh, you know? buddy is awesome. And, now, that's uh, probably how you know Jim then, because I think Buddy Cannon and Jim are close. You know what? That's actually not. I'm, I'm no Jim. I've known him a whole lot longer than I've known Buddy. But, really? Uh, yeah. I don't remember exactly where I met Jim best, but I just know we go way back, you know? I guess we should mention that. That was not being recorded. Uh, Moose knows Jim best, who right. was the previous co-host of this show. Mm-hmm. We should say that for the listeners to hear. Um, they go way back. They uh, grew up together in Arkansas. I think I think that uh, Jim Vest maybe hired me to play on because he was doing some production stuff, and I was already kind of taken off as a session player. So I've known him since probably the early 90s or something like that. I've only known Buddy. Um I'll tell you how I met Buddy Cannon was uh, <laughs> uh, there used to be a restaurant in Nashville called the Longhorn where everybody hung out and they yep. ate lunch and on Lyle was, Avenue. Yeah. And it was just a big music row hangout. And so I, and I'd love to go in there and, and have lunch. And uh, when five o'clock somewhere came out and the next year it was up for a Grammy and then we ended up winning the Grammy. 
And uh, so I'm in Longhorn one day, and my cell phone rings, a record, uh, number I didn't recognize. I answered, and I said, hello. And he said, is this Moose? And I said, yeah. He said, hey, this is Buddy Cannon. We're sitting over here in the corner in the Longhorn. Go out to your truck and get that Grammy. We want to see it. <laughs> I, was, I was like, you dumbass. And every time he would see me in there, my phone would ring, and he'd say the same thing. And I'd say, well, buddy, I'm having it made into a necklace right now. I'll, I'll bring it. Now. You know. <laughs> so finally, I stopped by his table. I'd never met him. And I said, buddy Cannon, I said, if you'll call me for a session, I'll have that, that Grammy delivered. I'll have my cartridge company bring it out and set up in the control room. <laughs> And my phone rang that afternoon, and he called me for a Rebecca Lynn Howard record. Oh yeah! And so we've been working together ever since then. But but uh, and I had to bring the Grammy out, <laughs> and we were we were in the first take, and he I signed in the to control room. He had my Grammy out on his head, <laughs> around. Uh, he's he's a, he's a, he's more childlike than anybody I know. And I don't know how old Buddy is, but he's not a young fella. But he's he acts like a kid. He yeah. sounds like a fun one. Oh, he's, he's a awesome. Very funny guy. Very funny guy. Yeah. How did you get the uh, – I don't think you told us how you got the gig playing with Seeger. Well, I was recommended by a session player named Brent Rowan. And uh, he just um, – we had actually done a live gig together. I used to work for a country artist named Dan Seals. and uh, Oh, you did tell us this. Did, did we talk about this? We talked about Dan before the show. Before the show. Yeah. Yeah. That gum. See, I'm mixing before <laughs> right, and after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dan Seals, Seals so, and Cross uh, brother. Brent Rowan had seen me play lead guitar with Dan Seals, and he always tucked that away because once I started doing sessions, I really almost always just played keyboards. And so thank goodness he recommended me to Seeger because Seeger was looking for somebody who could do a little of both. And uh, so that's how I got the gig. I was recommended. Right on. That's yep. that's high praise to get recommended it, it really to Bob Seger, especially from somebody like Brent Rowan, because you might not know his name, but you know his work. He's yeah. played on through the seventies, eighties, and nineties. He was probably the first call electric player on records you know, mm. in, in that in that era. So yeah, what's the biggest record you played on? Oh man, I don't really know. I've, um, I mean, how many? Question. Let me stew on that for a second. I. Uh, I don't know. Okay, go get your Grammy out of the truck. <laughs> I'm kind of shy. I don't really like to talk about the Grammy. <laughs> In the middle of every episode, we uh, do a segment called What Not to Eat. Oh. Yeah. And it's some nasty stuff that people really do eat around the world. Okay. And uh, so, we wanna, you, let's just roll that now, Ben. You might have eaten a few things in your lifetime. I know Chris and Marty sure have. But these are things they would never eat. This is what not to eat. Ew. You ready for this? Oh, I'm more than ready. You're gonna love this. Mine is called a yin yin yang fish. Yin yang fish is a dish originating in Taiwan, but since has been made illegal to prepare there. It's now popular in China and is referred to as the dead and alive fish. The reason is because they have figured out a way to deep fry the fish and still keep it alive. Supposedly, to show how fresh the fish is. There's the fish still alive mm. after they deep fry it. Wow. Mm. How how cruel is that though? That's pretty Man. It's pretty vicious, I think. That's pretty bad. It's pretty rough. <laughs> right, there it is. Look. There it is. Well, when you see the picture, it actually looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it actually doesn't look that bad. <laughs> I have a buddy named Jeff Jared who's funny. funny. No, it's a different Jeff Jared, oh. same name. He, he's a guitar player. He used to work with Daryl Worley and different people. Kitty Wells goes way back. He's so funny. And I asked him one day if he'd go eat sushi with me. And he said, nah. He said, you know, it's a funny thing about sushi. If you, if you roll it up and deep fry it, it's almost like fish. <laughs> true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is fish. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean it's true, Chris? I know. You it's said true. it like, you know, it's true. It is, it is fish. It is a it's lot like sushi fish. Sushi is fish. It's almost like fish. You, you, you learn something yeah. every day, man. <laughs> what you got? Well, uh, before I even get into this, I'm uh -oh. going gonna, gonna to let Moose see the picture and try to guess the name. <laughs> we'll put the picture up on yeah, here. Yeah, we'll put the Jim. picture up. And uh, and try to guess the name without being lewd. That last thing, by the way, kind of looked like a scab a little bit. Just what I saw. It did it look did like a scab. Look a bit. Yeah. But, you uh, you might have to give uh, Ben the name, though. Okay. 
Dragon. No, 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 no. Don't don't say it. Yeah, don't but we it. want the we want the people watching to see it. I you know I'm reluctant to say. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what what comes to mind, yeah. Jim? Nope. I mean. <laughs> 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 that's that's good enough. That's good enough. Um, the name of the no his, wait wait oh. what does that mean? Whatever, whatever you want it to mean. <laughs> Tell us what you think, Jim. <laughs> the name of this is called Dragon in the Flame of Desire. Hmm. Wait a minute. Let me say it again. Dragon in the Flame of Desire. Hmm. From China, mm. the rab- the rather elaborate name above can be simplified down to Yak's Penis. Yak's. Mm. The Gualazang restaurant in Beijing' most infamous dish. It's simply a Yak's Penis roasted and served in elaborate fashion on a large platter. Simply, simply, mm. it's simply. It's just simple. It's I'll just, just a simple. A- I have a simple yak's penis. And and so they're saying that's a large platter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling a little inferior right now. <laughs> that looks like a large, a small platter to me. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a rock. Like a rock. <laughs> I'm as uh, strong as I could be. Man. Mm, that mm. sounds tasty. I just want to. Wow. It sounds so tasty I want to move on from it. Yeah. Eating. Yeah. A penis does not. I just don't understand that. Who I don't understand who says, you know, what would be good about that yak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of all the things, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of meat we're not getting here. Set the ribs aside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> get me, get me to the. <sighs> wow. Okay. Look, look at it. I mean, the plate is amazing. I mean, the mm. the, actual- the little dragon sculpture. Jim's like, I want to quit looking at it. <laughs> I told Look you I feel it, fear. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> text him a picture later. I will text. You I don't later. understand the dragon on it. Like, is that they they make that themselves or something? I don't know. That's Man. what's strange about it. The presentation is really good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. They go through a lot to pr- present that penis to you. Yeah. I guess you got to do something. You can't just bring it out, sling it, and put it on a plate or something. Yeah. That'd be weird. You definitely want that cooked. I'm thinking you don't want it like sushi wise. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't like. Serve it with whole potatoes or anything. <laughs> just red ones. Yeah, little, just two little just red potatoes. What grade are we in? <laughs> the right one. <laughs> We're oh, in grade man. F. <laughs> yeah. Grade X. <laughs> you know. Um, what's the biggest crowd you ever played for? Um, I think I played some country music festivals in Canada, uh, that were probably like 30 or 40,000 people, uh, a long time ago when I was with Dan Seals and I worked with Marie Osmond for a while back in the eighties when she had her country thing going on. Um, Seeger, we, we played mostly arenas. So every night it would be around 15, 20,000. Yeah. So is there, yeah, go ahead. I want to tell you about that. <laughs> what I tell you about it? What I tell you? <laughs> tell you? <laughs> Stay, get back in the truck. <laughs> uh, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, like, as far as Seeger's story, like, is there a is there a, a a gig story or something that comes to mind, like that that was just really special to you, or not so special? Uh, they were all pretty special. Uh, they were all pretty similar. You know, he, he's such an, an icon that all those souls shows, uh, sold out pretty quickly. They were, right. all, they were all sellouts and, and, uh, so they were all pretty special. Uh, probably my, my first show that I did with him, uh, I believe was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which was in his home state. Oh, wow. It sold yeah. out like less than a minute. So they had to, had to add a second show, which sold out in like, eight minutes or something but that was the first time i played live on stage in a long time because i got off the road in 94 and just was doing recording sessions and um and songwriting and so i really 
quit playing live. I didn't play live at all there for a long time. So my first show was a sellout in Grand Rapids with Bob Seger. And I remember the energy from that crowd. I could feel my my knees shaking and I couldn't stop them. It was just, it was overwhelming. It was, I don't know that I'd ever, even back when I was playing live shows in country acts, I don't think I'd ever felt that before. It's, it's a different thing. His, his audience uh, are such they're such huge fans and they know every word and they sing along sometimes they sing louder you can't even hear bob they're singing so loud well and the history behind it too you know yeah. it, it, you know yeah. I, there's no way you can't be part of some of those songs and not think back of i wouldn't be able to to think back of yeah. when i heard those songs absolutely i mean yeah. it i'll tell you i had a strange moment when uh, it was towards the end because i was with him for 14 or 15 years and towards the end he was doing uh night moves and he was doing i was i played piano on that song and during the bridge it goes to just bob and the guitar and and there's a lyric that says something about with autumn closing in and i just looked and i could see the lights i was getting a side view of him and i just saw him and his gray hair and and he you know and i just thought wow that that lyric really i almost teared up you know because yeah, it was yeah. just like that was one of my childhood heroes and he was such a young cool and he still is but he's just older you know and, he, and he's just aged and uh that 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 lyric got me how old is he uh see i think he's 75 is he really yeah. i guess so i guess he would have to be man yeah to be i didn't even think about for that. y'all to have heard him when y'all were young <laughs> he's gotta be yeah. old, he gotta be old yeah. man yeah, you know what i mean that's back when moby dick was still a minnow you know <laughs> yeah there was there was one moment we played uh, madison square garden and uh bruce Springsteen came out and sat in with us and did old time rock and roll. That was pretty special. Oh, and that's man. another good one there. That's a yeah. that's a legendary song. Yeah, and they're, they they go back a long ways. They're friends and and uh, that was pretty cool. And when uh, I told somebody when I felt sorry for him because when he left the stage, every person in Madison Square Garden was saying Moose, Moose, Moose. Actually, they're saying Bruce, but it sounded. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in your mind, it was like. Mind, it was like, oh, Lee, I'm, I'm really embarrassed for him. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. It's okay, Bruce. They just love me. <laughs> Golly, man. Um, have you have y'all seen this uh, new competition where it's? Yeah, I'd love to talk to musicians, especially. Great musicians. You're a musician too. Yeah. Um, I'm a guitar owner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, there's this new thing going around. It's, it's growing in popularity called Air Guitar Championship. Have you seen this? I have. I have not. How? Oh, yeah. What do you, how do you feel about that? That there's people getting super famous from playing air guitar. Well, it's just, you know, I, I don't think. You know, it doesn't really have anything to do with music. It has to do with entertainment. Yeah, but... But they're... Uh, That's kind of the era of music in general we live in now. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It, that kind it, of is, a, is representative of of today. You know, it's not... It's a different musical world than what it, it is. was in 40 yeah. years ago. You know, yeah. But yeah, um, the air guitar thing where they're, they they jump and do splits and they're playing, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, what so I meant by weird. that was is music is, is so easily manipulated now that uh i i think that some people who are stars are not necessarily the most talented nowadays you know what i mean uh, so what you're saying is you hate all new music i hate it. two things i hate music and people yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey, i mean sounds a no, lot like tom brish yeah we had tom brish <laughs> it's a little bit more about marketing these days than it is yeah. raw talent and and I don't. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, it's what, a product. What sells, sells. It's a product. Yeah, you know. That's right. Yeah. And you get on board or, or get left behind. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. But uh, yeah, it's a different world. Yeah. I think it's always been what sells. They're gonna they're gonna promote what sells. But the only difference was they wouldn't promote anything that wasn't good back then. To to you know what I'm saying. I think and they also developed people more back then. Like they would. Absolutely, you got you got a lot more leeway. Yeah, back then you didn't have to. Well, hit, 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 right. hit. If you don't, if you don't, if you're not complete, if you're not, your songs are not registering with people and it being played on and bought and streamed. Now, then they're not gonna they're not gonna hang out with you. Yeah. Record labels ain't. Yeah, it's uh, you know we we probably wouldn't have a Vince Gill or a, maybe even a George Jones if you know if if they were in today's world they kind of sling a single out there but. 
But uh, yeah, they did. They took the time to work with an artist and find the songs and give them a chance, you know. And now it's a pretty quick process. Yeah. If you can get a song to go viral on TikTok. Yeah. And it's much more corporate now, too. Back then, I mean, that's how Seeger took off, man. When he when they played his songs, the phones lit up. And right. you don't even call your radio station anymore, you know. No, because you barely corporate. listen. You've got programmers who decide 70% of the context, context in which we're going to hear the songs and what, what songs, you know. They make those decisions for the people. And that's why I think other... Uh, mediums are becoming so popular because there's great music being made that doesn't fit into that narrow right mm-hmm. but it's just it's not finding its way to radio that much but there's some great music being made they yeah. have a equation too like uh, uh radio stations they had um if if a person calls in however many people like only so many people call in th- uh their listeners like say so Depending on how many listeners the radio station had, a call in for a song represented so many people. So, like it may uh, one caller may may represent a thousand people, mm-hmm. and they, that was actually an equation that they had. And if so many people called in, mm-hmm. uh, it represented that many people. Kind of like the TV ratings, mm-hmm. yeah, where they put they bring the box in, and there's one person, one family represents. However many. Right, right. Yeah. Which I think is unfair. Which when I had songs out, my, my family would call in and tell them, like my mom would call, play my son's song. He's my son. He's got that song out right now. And I'm like, Mom, don't. Don't tell him I'm don't your son. Don't tell him I'm your son. It doesn't. You don't know me. <laughs> That's the only people that called, huh? That was the only piece sad. It's only Golly. people Yeah. Son of a gun. Well, and I did on different voices. I'd make different voices. Did you have an app for that back then? <laughs> they wouldn't know app. Yeah. It's just all you raw talent. Hey, can you play it? Don't blink song. <laughs> I love that song. I want to see Chris Wallen at number one. <laughs> Who? Why? Why? Why do you care if he's number one? You know what else he wrote? <laughs> After that, can you play something to be proud of? <laughs> and then, is then. this Chris again? <laughs> is this Chris? <laughs> Jim, what is your uh, most prized achievement out of all your career? Well, I don't even know if I would call it an achievement, but being inducted into the Arkansas Entertainers Hall of Fame, I only because I know what that would have meant to my mom. She passed away before I really had that level of success but she in the beginning i think she wanted it more than i did so yeah uh that one means a lot to me hmm. oh man that's yeah. a good one that is a good one chris you in any hall of fames um no <laughs> <laughs> um any moving on no you should be you really should be in one at least at least one yeah i need to get jim to get you in that one uh he, he could get you in that one in alabama uh, that'd be a trick. Get one in Alabama. Let me get. I'll make some calls when we're through. <laughs> he really should be in one. Absolutely. But Jim, I promise you, Jim can get you in the Hall of Fame in Alabama. Except I'm not in Alabama. I'm in Tennessee. It don't that don't, don't matter. What's that got to do with anything? Jim Vess is in the Hall of Fame in Alabama, and he's in Tennessee. He got he put Vince Gill in there, and he put all these other people. Is he, is he from? Is it is it the Alabama Hall of Fame? You don't no, have to be from there. You don't. No, he, Jim. I didn't know that. Jim was is was, is getting Brady Seals. You know, he had Brady Seals mm-hmm. uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. He's putting him in there because he was a guest on the show and he got to know him, and he's putting him in there. Hmm. He's he's like one of the main people over it. Oh, well, there's got to be that. some connection, I would think. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what, I'm gonna make it my life's mission to get you in a hall of fame. You understand me, boy? <laughs> Do you understand me? <laughs> <laughs> Jim, do you have last question? Do you have any regrets or anything that you wanted to achieve but you didn't get to? No, I know this is going to sound cheesy, but it, it's all the achieving stuff that doesn't amount to anything to me. I just want to play music and and move people and move myself with music and all that other stuff. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So no, not, I don't have any regrets at all. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if I believe it, but I like it. It sounds it, good on radio. It sounded real to me. So. Yeah, sounded real. <laughs> uh, we end every episode with an unbelievable fact. You want to hear it today? Please. You're not going to believe it. Ben? 
You might think it's not true, but I assure you that it is. It's hard to believe it's an unbelievable fact. Soon, you may have another option when you die, outside of cremation or burial. In 2019, a bill was passed to make natural organic reduction a legal option. So soon, Chris, Jim, you can choose to composite your dead body instead of one of the other ones. So you can just be thrown somewhere in the ground like the old cowboy days. Well, don't they already do that? Don't they already throw you in the ground? Yeah, but you got to be in a box and pay a lot of money. And mm-hmm. So I'm thinking they're going back to the olden days because they're thinking a bunch of people fixing to die or something. I don't know. Man. Isn't that weird, though? That can, is weird. Can you double stack them or just, just single? I don't think it matters. <laughs> <laughs> you just big, dig a pit and start yeah. chugging them yeah. in. Well, yeah. that's, uh, that's good to know. The weirdest I've ever seen on that is you can get a ring made from your loved one's tooth. Ooh, from their bones? From their tooth. Well, you know, the bones don't burn. They just crush the bone. When and I you found know it, this how? What? That bones don't burn? Because I asked the guy that cremates. Oh, okay. they What they hand you, <laughs> the ashes they hand you is really, this is weird. This is so weird. My aunt just passed away uh, last year, the beginning, beginning of this year, and she was cremated, and they handed this box of her ashes to my uncle and my uncle was inquiring about it because he's in the military so he's known about cremation for a long time and i said man these ashes these are really heavy and you know we were just talking and he said well these aren't actually ashes he said what they do is because your body all the parts of your body really burn up besides the bones and they take the bones and they put them in this big roller thing and it crushes the bones up into powder and they put that in a box or an urn isn't that crazy? That Very is nice. crazy. Yeah. Man, that's ending on a, on, on a, <laughs> on a nice high note there. I mean, you know. <laughs> on a high well note. sums up my career right there. Yeah. <laughs> Bones and a stain being crushed. <laughs> and yeah, I, knew he, I knew he lived with the grits. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Thank, Thank you so God much. God bless you, brother. Absolutely. Love Thank you, brother. You. Yeah, Thank you, you so too. much for coming on, man. Now he said bruddy. He said Thank bruddy. Thank you, brother. No, I said bruddy. You said bruddy. <laughs> I'm starting Brada. a thing, Bruddy. 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 Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jim. Ben, don't make us sit here and wait for an hour next, like you did last time. <laughs> ah, thank you all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project Chats. And a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it. <laughs>